Welcome to Songs and Stories, a behind-the-scenes look at independent music. This time out, after a brief hiatus, the podcast is back, and we're going to be sitting with Nashville songwriter Renee Wall, who was recently out here on the California West Coast. Great songwriter, cool stuff in this interview. Here we go. Let's do this. So welcome to the Songs and Stories podcast, episode number 188. I'm Michael Gaither, and uh, thanks for tuning in, downloading, streaming, however you found this. We really appreciate you listening to this episode. If you've been following this for a while, I've been um, doing this podcast for a little over 10 years, interviewing a mix of local and touring songwriters. I'm located in the Santa Cruz area on the California West Coast, and so it's a nice informal chat with other people that kind of do what I do and learning about what they do. And I kind of went on hiatus for the last couple of months. Didn't mean to. Glad I'm back and glad you're listening. For those of you that know me or have heard past episodes, I left my corporate job, day job back in March. My choice. Yay. <laughs> and just started playing a lot more music with my band, my new best friends, and also started working part time for KPIC Radio as a, as a DJ on the air and doing some behind the scenes web stuff for them. So that's been really fun. And I've been recording with the, the new band and we got a couple of things coming out. In fact, this new theme song you probably heard when this kicked off is uh, the music bed from our ta- a song Monkey town which will be coming out in february so we'll talk more about that as the months roll on so every once in a while i like to change up my theme song with a different music track from something that i've done so that's that's kind of like what i do with this and um speaking of k-pig a couple of months ago i was co-hosting please stand by their sunday morning music show and one of the guests was renee wall who's a nashville songwriter and also, it turns out we have uh, a few friends in common, including Gurf Morlix and Mira Goda, who were recently on this show as well. Really loved Renee's music, her voice. She's got a really, really classic, cool country voice, and she writes some great songs. So we kept in touch, and she was back out literally last week. And I thought, well, let's get together and do a long interview and really have you play a little bit, talk about your background, and that's what we did. And if you've been following the news, this is being recorded uh, around mid-November. So on the California West Coast here, PG&E has been doing, well, they've been dropping power here and there. So I I didn't know if we'd have power here at the house. And if we did have power, it, if we didn't have power, it would mean that we'd be surrounded by generators. So Renee and I actually went down to Cape Pig Radio and commandeered a sales office because they had lights, they had power, and they weren't surrounded by generators. So we talked about her latest release, which is called Cut to the Bone, came out in March of this year. Great songs. We're going to hear something off the CD in just a minute, and then we'll talk to her and have her play a live track for us. And if you're new to songs and stories, the way this works is I do this about once a month, interviewing another songwriter with some live music and kind of getting their story. It's on um, my site, michaelgather.com, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-A-I-T-H-E-R.com. You can also find this in Stitcher and iTunes. It'll be up on Spotify fairly soon. So if you Google songs and stories and my name, you'll probably find it. This show is also broadcast week weekends on KC Cafe Radio on the internet, kccaferadio.com. So you can find this in quite a few spots. So that's basically the setup. I want to go ahead and um, just, you know, get right to Renee's music because you're really going to like her. 
Again, her newest record, pretty brand new, is called Cut to the Bone. It's her fourth album, I believe. It was recorded in Brentwood, Tennessee at Indian Cricket Studio, and it was mixed and mastered in East Nashville, Tennessee. Here is a song I really, really like, and there's a video coming out for this fairly soon. It's called Meds, and in this interview, Renee says she has kind of a dark side, which is why she likes co-writing, because it kind of tempers that a little bit, but I also like the dark stuff. This is dark, but also really, really witty. So here is Meds of her latest release, Cut to the Bone. Then we'll talk to Renee Wall, and then we'll hear her play something live here at the end. Here we go. Don't be alarmed If I don't call you back If I don't pick up the phone Sometimes I just lose track it's nothing you did It's all in my head We're just adjusting my meds We tried me on Zoloft To get me off Paxil Welcome back to K-Pig. Thank you. This is not Thank a K-Pig Actually podcast, but it's quiet here, and I don't know if I have power at home, as we were talking about, exactly. and if I don't have power, I'm surrounded by generators. Welcome to California. Exactly. I know. <laughs> like I said, we, I mean, we. it doesn't matter when we're here. I guess every, all year round is fire season, potentially, but... Yeah, fall just gets a little dicier exactly. because... My, my cousin's a retired captain, fire captain. I said, is it worse when we have good winters or bad winters? He goes, well, my glasses just fell apart. If you're watching at home, um, he said, "When we have a, when we have a good 
rainy season. Everything gets really green and then it dries out. Um, if we have a bad rainy season, then everything dries out. So yeah. it's just kind of a PG&E. If you're if you're not in tune to what's happening in California, poor us. Um, they're just you know shutting down grids in mass to try to prevent a possible spark from other fires. Even though it turns out fire up north was possibly caused started. by wires, but we won't go there. We'll mix a happy music talk. It, what was it? The one transformer that they couldn't turn off? That's, I think so. That possibly started the fire. It's like yeah. oh, great, great. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody's a little edgy this week, and now it's supposed to go back <laughs> off tonight. So let's let's talk about music and make exactly. everybody happy. So you were here back in September, I believe, oh, August, August, uh, May, June, May, June timeframe. Okay. Yeah. And I was co-hosting. Please stand by, and you came back. Yes. You came through. Exactly. That's when we met you. Yeah, and I thought you, when you come back, let's talk and do the podcast. Absolutely. So, and here we are. Yeah, and you've got a great you've got a great background. I love your bio, and for people that might not know your music, and you. You're, you you were in the Air Force for 12 years, mm-hmm. and you yes. you studied physics. I did. Talk about that a little bit. It's interesting. Oh, well, it's 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 funny because people... Not that musicians aren't smart, but you've, no. you're sort of, you know, you've, you've got some schooling. <laughs> I mean, this is a story, if anybody's read my bio, other bios, you know, you're going you're gonna to hear it again, but people will always ask me, what made you go from physics to music? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I didn't. I went from music to physics mm-hmm. uh, because I started playing piano when I was six years old and then uh, started taking vocal lessons all classical mm-hmm. training all of that up through a high school and then um, playing various instruments guitar violin saxophone and when I was making a decision to go to college I really didn't know if I wanted to go for music and theater or if I wanted to do something completely different and go to say the Air Force Academy or the Coast Guard Academy because mm-hmm. I've, I've always been interested in that um, my father was a police officer my great grand my great no my grandfather was a tail gunner in World War II okay, so it's in your family right yeah. and yeah. it's it's not so much war I guess you could say but it is service it's service, it's service to other people it's it's something greater than you know mm-hmm. what you're doing you're part of something bigger and you're providing Exa- it's a very important service exactly yeah. exactly and um, I made the decision to go to school for music so I went to school for a year in New York and about one semester into it I was mm-hmm. like why am I spending all this money I like that quote yeah. for, right, for yeah. an education that I don't need yeah. to do it if I wanted to teach it that's a whole other thing sure. but I didn't need to spend the money on an education for music to do it not to say that there isn't a benefit right I probably I mean, would be way better writing, at what I do right business management exactly but. I'd be way better at what I'm doing right now had I continued on that on that path. But you don't know. No, you, it might have. It might have. You might have made a left turn and done true. something completely different. But you might have gotten tired of it and done something. Exactly, else. and yeah. I have a whole breadth of experience now that I can I can, you know, use for songwriting. That's which the is, thing. Which is the you know I guess the benefit of it, but when I was you know, twelve years old, thirteen years old, I really got into the Beatles, and I was like. Dude, wouldn't it be so cool if you could go back in time and I could, you know, see the Beatles when they were in their heyday? I mean, that's what I wanted to do. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that'd be so great. You know, that whole science fiction. What if you could do this? Yeah. So, so would you go back and meet if you could meet anybody? Exactly. Yeah. And um, I just decided to start taking books at the library because this was, you know, pre-internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Wasn't so it nice to go get books? It was. It was an experience. <laughs> you had to go and look for is. stuff. You yeah. know, I still go to the National Public Library every so God often. 
But um, no, so I started taking books out on faster than light travel and, oh, okay. and all of that kind of stuff. And it was really fascinating. Mm-hmm. And then I would do some science fairs in high school and we would build instruments okay. for acoustics, you know, right. to, you know for that, that, whole, um, that whole area of physics. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and get a degree in physics, mm-hmm. which was a lot more challenging for me. That sounds hard. It, it is, and it, it, you know, it is a different way of thinking about sure. things, but it makes complete sense. It probably took me a good year um, into my studies where things started to click, huh. but honestly, it even took longer than that, and, and having application um, experiences and opportunities where things really started to make sense, and then it really clicked when I was teaching it. Wow. Even more so. But yeah, so I, you know, I decided to get my undergrad in physics. I really like astrophysics, and mm-hmm. I thought I was going to be this research scientist that studied near-Earth and deep space objects, asteroids, black holes, all that kind of thing. That's not quite the way it works in the Air mm-hmm. Force. Um, mm. But I had enlisted into the reserves initially, right. and I loaded aircraft. Mm-hmm. And then um, when I finished my undergrad, I got a, an active duty commission. Mm-hmm. And no, you're good. Active duty commission, and... Um, Ended up working, my first assignment was at the National Security Agency, which was wow. a whole in, other interesting experience. Yeah, also very different, I bet. Very, very different. And mm-hmm. I thought, you know, with my love of sci-fi and X-Files and stuff uh-huh. like that at one point, oh, maybe I'll be an FBI agent or a CIA agent. Right. And then working in that environment, I was like, wow, I really, I loved it. It was yeah. a great That was probably back in the heyday of X-Files, so it was really, yeah. it was really cool. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But, and then I just... I continued to play music, yeah. and I finagled an assignment to Nashville, mm-hmm. and spent two How years. I know, yeah. I know. Good I mean, I really worked that assignment. Yeah. I yeah. I got my. <laughs> it's sad to say that I quickly rushed to get a a master's degree in aeronautics mm-hmm. because there is a base south of Nashville in Tullahoma, Tennessee, called the Arnold Engineering Development Center, and they do. Um, all kinds of aeronautics testing and develop, mm-hmm, research and mm-hmm. development down there. And I was like, oh, I'm going to try and get an assignment there. And then I found out about the ROTC departments mm-hmm. at colleges and mm-hmm. universities. So I was able to get an assignment teaching at Tennessee State University in their Department of Aerospace Studies. So that was my last two years in the Air Force. Wow. And it was great. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was great. And the whole time you still had music kind of oh, percolate? Like, I was, really, did, you, did you think you still really wanted to do it? Or it was I just think an so. Yeah. No, I think I always wanted to do it. But I was having fun in the yeah, Air Force. Yeah. I was having a great time. And you were like, you're building up good life knowledge and oh, experience. Yeah. It probably plays in. Like anybody, whatever we've done plays into our music somehow. Absolutely. It might be li- not literal, but somehow. It does. Connections I mean, be made. A, and, across you know. the board, other people's experiences, being able to, to understand what other people are going through, not to mention just the practicality of it. Yeah. I mean... I don't, I've been so many places and have been in such odd situations where the music industry, while it has, while it is different to navigate, um, I don't have as much, I guess, inhibitions or fears Mm -hmm. about certain things, not everything, but I'm just kind of like, okay, let's do this. Why not? And the industry is always changing. It does seem kind of random like the universe sometimes. That it is. There is no blueprint. No. Yeah. No. In fact, what we're doing now is I decided like, I've made a few CDs and maybe, I, maybe I'm done. I'm trying singles for a while. Oh, you know, we tried we try to do an EP. I actually listened to your, your podcast, the one with Mira, yeah. uh, because we know each other. 
and um, she, we've done some shows together. She's good in people Nashville. too. Yeah, 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 really very much. But you know, listening to it and just she's what releasing singles. That's what she does, right? Yeah. She yeah, it makes sense, and I think that's what you want to do. It yeah. it does, and with CDs now. Um, I, I read an article that said vinyl is outselling CDs. Yeah. And I've personally noticed when we're on the road, that's when we sell most of our merch. Mm-hmm. But the CDs are the And it's least... to new audiences that way, too. Exactly. Right. But the CDs are the least selling items. I mean, we will sell CDs, mm-hmm. but most people will listen to us, stream us, mm-hmm. or buy the music and digitally download it. And then, but they're, they're after the other merch. So I'm really starting to rethink... It's interesting. Yeah, other than having to send physical products out to CDs or to um ra- bleh, to radio, I have only had a little bit of caffeine this morning. I haven't had quite that much, <laughs> so you might have to do some editing on this. No editing. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> That's okay. Well, it's interesting seeing where things are changing. Yeah. I, I interviewed Gurf Morlick a while mm-hmm. back, and I've actually gotten to know him a little bit, and, and he's been on this show a few times, and. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm not even using radio people now. I'm doing right. a CD every two years, and I'm just sending them out to people that I know will play right. me. And he's, just, he's cutting back how many. He, and he's, he's kind of a name. You oh, know? yes, he is. You know, he's very yes, well-respected for good reason. So Exactly. You know, and I play mainly locally, so I, there's there, people that, you know, my, I always yeah. joke my 11 fans, but people that li- like what I do, <laughs> it's like, you can only sell, so I don't tour. So yes. if you're touring to a new yes. audience, you probably have a better chance of, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And we do notice that. We notice when we are going into a new area or we have a new uh, venue or audience that we're playing for, those numbers spike in those areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so on Spotify, we'll be able to see what cities oh, people nice. are listing. Yeah. So we can actually track it for the most part. Um, and it, it's good to see those things. Sure. That, hey, it means people are actually... People actually looking for you and playing right, your music. Right. Yeah, yeah. But you don't get... Yeah, the the it's nice when somebody buys a physical product. It very yeah, very much is. But you don't know. Um, there's yeah. pros and cons to all of it, and I haven't you know I'm not angry or irritated with either side. You just kind of kind of ride along are, with it. Exactly. Yeah. Some people are like, you know, Spotify is the devil. You know, it's it, it's just another. I look at it as passive um, income. Mm-hmm. Because people will actually listen to it and then order a CD from me. Yeah, that's, and that happens too. Yes. And, yeah. and I'm not advertising. Uh, okay, I take that back. We did do one Spotify advertisement recently. <laughs> but prior to that, we weren't advertising. Yeah. And you get on playlists and it's people who would not normally maybe have found you. Right. right. So I look at that as a bonus. Yeah. And most of us, not, not most, many of us are just doing this on our own without mm-hmm. a label overhead saying, here's, a, here's an advance with a bunch of money to like... Yep. So you do what you can. Exactly. You know, I want to, this is a tangent, but the newest term I heard was, I got a letter from a, a place in LA that does, they, they do streaming analysis and they had some, some like, they had songs from my first two releases listed as receiving airplay on Amazon. They were the ones that collecting the, any, right. so I had a lot of W9, a 994, W9. And he said, yeah, well, it's, I go, can you tell me about how much it is? I didn't think it was money. He goes, well, it's probably like around $5. He goes, but at this point we're, we're really looking at, it was a term I hadn't heard before. Microsense. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> you know, great. 0.00. We're like, all right, fine. That's <laughs> okay. just, that's, that's, what, that's the reality of music now. Yeah, it is. But we want to write songs and release them and people listen to them and it's wonderful and that's what we're kind of facing with. It know? is. And it's, it, it's a challenging environment for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, 
But when you do know people listening to your music, it's really cool. It is. It is. Or, you know, people are listening to it enough now that we'll have people in the audience that are singing along to it. And that's Mm -hmm. always like a fantastic, that is probably the best feeling Uh because that's, you know, it's what I do, but the fact that people can relate and they're relating so much that they actually listen mm-hmm. and they can sing the songs back. That's yeah. What's that's also fun is when they start, they pick up the first chorus and they start right. singing along. That's that's pretty cool. Exactly. Yeah. It's like oh, it worked. It worked. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I can't. It's not like a friend of mine asked me the other day. She was like, "Well, what are your goals?" She's a manager. And, <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, tell me, it depends on the, the day of the week and where I'm at, what my goals are. Mm-hmm. But I, it's, if I wanted to make money, I would have stayed doing research and development. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that I, it's not that I don't have the ability to, to make a lucrative income, mm-hmm. but I just can't imagine, like when I think about it, I'm like, I just can't imagine doing anything other than, than yeah. what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 I mean, I, you probably too have a lot of friends that do it do this full time but a lot of them have other jobs mm-hmm. that kind of just pay the bills oh yeah yeah I left my corporate job in March with my wife's okay so I'm kind of right. take I'm kind of I'm taking a break <laughs> but I don't really want to go back to that and I pro- I'm probably going to go back as a contractor but, okay. then, but then I started working for K-Pig which right. is incredibly fun mm-hmm. so it's, it's good it's I, good it's you've got to do what you love mm-hmm. and I'm I feel very lucky that I'm able to do this. And you're traveling and doing it. Exactly. How long are you on the road? Um, well, we, we were out here last May, June, and we were on the road for six weeks. I keep saying we um, because David Strayer, um, we tour as a duo, mm-hmm. and then we'll pick up players if we need to have a sure. full band. Yep. Uh, like in L.A., our friends uh, Chris or Pierre or Jeff will play with us, but um, Dave and I play as a duo because with a drummer we're able to fill a small space either a listening room type quality you know laid back more acoustic but we can also fill a big area mm-hmm. and it sounds because you got something else really behind big. it exactly nice but uh what was the question again i'm sorry i don't remember now how often do you tour oh, there you go thank you <laughs> i knew it was what a great host I knew- <laughs> wow you're so, yeah great meeting no tangents um, this show is all about tangents. Well, we, you know, we char- we're trying to get back. We're trying to come to the West Coast every six to eight months. Oh, good. And good. those are our longest times out. We've done two, three weeks northeast, and then we'll do, you know, four or five days out and back, um, Midwest, Southeast area. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, I mean, we try to be on the road as much as possible. That's busy. Yeah. And that's a lot to manage on both when you're back home planning the it next is. jaunt. It is. I know. We it have, is. Yeah, we have, some, we have some songwriter friends in South Florida. They're really good. And they have an RV. And they come out here every, like, early, like, late spring. And they're here until about September. Then they, and they house concert and library all the way over. Yeah. And all the way back. And Laura says, as soon as we get back home, she goes, we make sure we broke even, hopefully made some money, exactly. and then plan the next year. Exactly. So you're always, even if you're not touring, you're probably planning the next the next leg. Exactly. And, you know, I was just talking with uh, my manager earlier uh, this after, or earlier this morning. I don't even know what time it is. What time is it? I'm still in uh, Central Time. Two, there yeah. we go. So late this morning, early afternoon, uh, Brad and I were talking. Some place that had power. Yeah. Exactly. We're just like, okay, we need to start thinking about where to go next. I mean, we're not even done. We still have to go down the coast and mm-hmm. then through Texas and back home. Uh, but we need to be working now to book right. those shows because we do it all ourselves. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's 
it is a full-time job. So when people think, oh, you're right. And this is what I thought 20 years ago before I was really part of this scene. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, you're on the road. You just kind of relax and you go and out I, and you play two hours. No. you're. Then I then I, I met Slade Cleaves years yeah. ago and, and it kind of learned a little, you know, and just... And he's like, no, this is like a this is like a battle plan. We're just it like da, 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 constantly, you know. Exactly. I mean, we're yeah. lucky. We do take we do take some downtime mm -hmm. uh, to go visit sites along the way. Sure. Um, it's a nice perk, but you got but you got to keep on top of what you're you doing do. too. You do, and yeah. you know, he'll be driving. David will be driving, and I'm you know making things or on my, my laptop connected to my phone, um, making Facebook event pages, mm -hmm. um, emailing people, yeah. booking, and taking care of all the other stuff. Right. Um, and it's 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 nonstop, and yeah. and then we get to where we're playing, and I mean, they it's no joke to say that it really is playing is ten percent of what we do. Mm -hmm. It's very minor, yeah. even though it's the biggest thing, and that's why we do what we do. Yeah, everything else is is twenty. That's the reward, but yeah, yeah. I, even even like me playing locally a lot when I'm you know hauling gear and setting. I always say playing is the easy part. It is. <laughs> that's the fun part. It is. But your dad's like, oh, I gotta pardon my friends. I gotta put all this shit away. And <laughs> I'm like, really? And you, and you and the laptop too. That's a really common yes. image because Carolyn Sills, who's a DJ here along with her husband Gerard, she works for Santa Cruz Guitar Company, and they've got a combo. They're like mm -hmm. the, the big local band now, and they're they have a Ford Transit. They they mm -hmm. built it for the whole band. They have storage in the back that's yep. secure. And Gerard drives, and Carolyn sits in the front with a the laptop. They built a little table, and she does her day her day job and plans the exactly. next leg of the, of the journey. Exactly. You, and have to. Yeah. you know, the only the only downside to that is the uh, the, the motion sickness, where I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I got to put this thing down because I'm not feeling oh, too well right and now. It's curves. Okay, I'll take a break. <laughs> exactly. So, so aside from the from, from the sluggery of that, when did when did writing come along? Uh, well, writing. Or did came you always kind of write? Pretty early, um, but different. Uh, like I said, I started playing piano when I was six. So yeah. the first writing that came along was classical piano okay. pieces. I would write piano, wow. and you know, my parents would submit them in for competitions. But it was all classical mm -hmm. related. Trust me, I don't play piano anymore. <laughs> um, I haven't in a long time. So if you ask me to play anything, it would be. I mean, it would be in tune, I'm sure, but it would just, or the piano would be in tune, but it, <laughs> it would be pretty rough. Yeah. Um, but I really didn't start writing until this more, and I hate to say, use the word pop, but more songwriting mm -hmm. um, lyric uh, to this more Americana, alt-country, roots rock style till maybe about 2007, 2008. Okay. Yeah. So it's been fairly new. Yeah. And, and then it was few and far between, and I really started co-writing and writing regularly, I would say, 2010. Did Nashville help that, or were you already For sure, yeah, yeah, for sure did. Um, in Nashville, I was writing by myself predominantly prior to, to getting there. Mm -hmm. And then once I started, um, you know, meeting songwriters and hanging out with everybody and doing the songwriters, nights and rounds you it's hey you want to write you want to write nice and you know it'd be like a bunch of people that you want to write with yeah and that's kind of you just so really really cool to it, have that exposure to that many different writers. it is yeah. it is and everybody brings something different mm -hmm. um, I have a few writers uh, songwriters that I write with regularly uh, one in particular his name is Bill Mayer we write well we were writing regularly we've taken some breaks here and there but mm. We're pretty prolific when we do write, um, but I, I love it. And it, it, there's, you know, this oh, I, I could 
really finish the song on my own, but sometimes you just want to get somebody else's perspective. Mm. And I tend to write a little a little on the dark side, so if mm. I know sometimes I need to have somebody else's input so I can Lift bring it up, it up and bit. not, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dark's okay too. Though. Yeah, yeah. I if, like dark. Yeah, and if we were, th- I think we were talking, if I'm repeating myself, before the recorder was on about my friend in Nashville. Yes. Yeah, John Cirilla, who moved back here a few years ago, and I think it's been four years now, but he, he co-writes all the time. Oh, yeah. And I co-write with him over Skype because we used to co-write here. And I, I, I get to take advantage of all the things he's learned working with all these people in Nashville. Exactly. And he loves it because he's, he's writing, he's writing like, I don't know, three, four songs a week. Right. And the thing about that, and I've talked about co-writing on this show before, and you're, it's a good example, is um, you end up with a song that neither of you would have written on your own. Right. And for me, sometimes it's just efficiency. I know if I get with my co-writer friend, I'm going to get it done a lot faster. Exactly. And I'll get new ideas, but also it'll get done a lot faster. Exactly. And I think there's also, you know, you're you're kind of checking each other as well. Does this mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah. You know, I know what I want to write about, but am I making it clear enough to some, to the listener that yeah. this is what I'm talking about? Yeah. So, yeah. And having the right co-writer, and it sounds like you've got a few of those, yeah. where you're okay with editing each other. Because, yeah. like, John and I, will, we, did a, we have a Christmas song coming out next month, and it was like, five pages of, of yes. stuff and John said cut out whatever you don't need yeah. no and we did and we did it, it, you know so it's exactly it's really and, fun. you know we'll have conversations too writing where it's how married are you to this idea right like or this line right and sometimes it's I need this to be in there because I feel very strongly about mm-hmm. it or it's you know what if you've got a better way to say it I'm totally okay if, if you if you I've can say had it the conversation yeah. too and there's times where you know like John will go that's a real good Michael line. We got to keep that in. It's yeah. really just it's 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 very it's obviously trying to be clever, but it's funny. We'll leave it you exactly. Know, you know, and then there's stuff like oh, you can take out whatever you want. <laughs> exactly. But it's good having the, they're good relationships. They are. Yeah, it's another example of being around different types of people and right. learning and all that stuff. So, what's your latest release? We talked about that a little. The latest earlier, release is called uh, "Cut to the Bone," uh-huh. and we released that March fifteenth of this year. So it's brand new. It is brand new. And I think when you were on Please Stand By, I think you played Me Before You. I we loved. did. I think we did. We, we played That song just really, it was, like, it was, it was a, one of those great title songs, yeah. but it was also a great song. Thank you very yeah. much. I couldn't, I, I tell this story live, I honestly couldn't tell you what, it, it was my idea uh, that was a song that I brought uh, to the table with my friend Bill, and I honestly couldn't even tell you where or what we wrote that about because not long after my mom loved that song and you know I wasn't playing it live yet uh, after we wrote it and she passed away unexpectedly Mm. and I remember the first time you know I kind of threw myself back into playing with probably within two weeks now my Mm -hmm. mom lived with me so my mom and dad I moved my parents from Pennsylvania down to Tennessee Mm -hmm. and I we went and I did a writer's round and my friend was like, hey, if you're not feeling up to it. And I'm like, no, this is, this is what it's I kinda, need to do. I yeah. need to do. And get out there and push yourself. And, exactly. Yeah. And I couldn't do that song. Uh, so my co-writer did it. And mm. I was just singing harmonies with him. And at that, the minute that we started doing it, that song took on a completely oh, different meaning. Yeah. And I've never really had that happen uh-huh. before where I wrote something or I listened to a song and then circumstances just completely changed it because I, it, it, it just means something so different to me now than mm-hmm. it did when I wrote it. Wow. And I'm thankful for that experience 
and and to know that those things are changing and now that song means so much more to me than it ever did and you still play it live oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a good song so- songs you. will do that yeah yeah and I have, I've had songs where all of a sudden I'm doing them live that I've done a song I've done you know more than a few hundred times and some nights there's just most of my stuff is pretty light like 17 but there's mm-hmm. occasionally there's something where it's not <laughs> and and you you're, and you're in the middle of playing you're like I don't have never had I've never had this feeling before playing this song exactly it's it's kind of cool but it's exactly it's interesting it is and you know it's still cho- like every time I play it live now it chokes me up like sometimes it's it's harder to get through than others but it's always like a, there's always like a choke up point uh-huh. but before it was never like that yeah. I'm just like wow that's yeah, yeah. Sounds good. So here's me before you. Thank you for playing. Thank you.
Song. Thank you very much. And the car alarm is not on the CD, version, so you should go buy the CD <laughs> version too. Uh, thanks for playing. Thank you so thanks much. for hanging out. So you're in Monterey in a couple of days, but that'll be yes, way past this. Um, so what's your November look like? Oh, geez. Um, probably towards mid-November or so. So we are no- Monterey on the first. East Village Coffee Lounge. Yes. Which is a nice room to play. It's a real narrow kind of... It's cool. Oh, really? Fantastic. I know Kiki, um, we met Kiki, we did a Jade Lounge thing with her the last time we were yeah, out here. Yeah, she's So she's, she's awesome. Tell her how to I will, for <laughs> sure. And then we are, um, we're actually, we picked up a gig at the... Um, Fairfax Farmers Market Fairfax in LA. Mm-hmm. So instead of making our way down the coast, we're doing Monterey, LA at uh, EB's uh, bar wine bar at the Fairfax Farmers Market on the mm-hmm. second, and then we're in Pismo on the third. So, so we're driving down and then back. I was gonna ask if you had any slow area kind of gigs. <laughs> up Pism- where, where about in Pismo? Uh, Puffers of Pismo. Okay. It's fantastic. We uh, Ch- Charlie is an old friend of David's, mm-hmm. and we play there every time we're in town. Nice. And they love live music and. It's a, a super. It's bigger than what it was. It was just one room, mm-hmm. maybe the, maybe not even the entire size of this. But Much they expanded. Nice. Um, f- great food. Charlie is the consummate host. He's fantastic, um, and the audience is extremely receptive. Nice. So we 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 love playing there every time we're in town, and then we're back. We're doing um, we're at the Seven Grand in L.A. and then Cinema Bar. So 7th and 8th, and mm-hmm. then we're doing a veterans concert in Topanga Canyon on the 9th. Oh, great. Um, and that's for the VNU, um, I think it's Veterans Network Entertainment Workshop. Oh, I should Sounds this. really this good. Yeah, it's something like I'll that, but it's VNEW. I'll link it in the podcast yes. notes. I'll put this all in. Thank you. And, yeah. then, um, and then we're going to go to Vista, and that's our last gig in California as mm-hmm. of right now, and then we make our way to Texas. Good deal. Yeah. It was nice to get to talk to you. Absolutely. Nice to see you again. And next time you let us know next time you come through. And, exactly. And Pismo is within a reach of K-Pig, too. So does K-Pig right. have your music yet? Um, I think I'm... I don't know. Okay. I know I'm pretty sure I gave a CD to Sleepy John, but yeah. I'm not sure. Okay. Leave me one if I you will, want. I will. See what I can do. Okay. <laughs> or listen, you know, Spotify, whatever. No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Microsense. Exactly. Micro-pennies. Microsense. Yeah, that's very humbling. <laughs> it, it, it is very humbling. But it's fun to make music, and it is. glad you're doing it. Thanks Thank again. You. Thank you very much. I love those new terms, micro pennies and micro cents. My friend Carolyn Sill says that playing music is its own reward, and apparently it has to be. But uh, but seriously, sarcasm aside, I think any of us doing music would. You know, whether we made a living at it or not, we would not change a thing because it it is a pretty cool thing to be able to do and to be able to meet other musicians like Renee Wall, who we just spent some time with. Uh, Thanks to her for coming by um, and really spending some time and talking about her background. 12-year Air Force veteran physics major, and now she's just making this incredibly cool music, and she's on tour quite a bit. That was, again, Renee Wall on the vocals and guitar in that interview and those songs, and David Strayer was playing percussion there in the office, and it's kind of smart what they do if you think about, you know, if you're touring and you're trying to you know, make your way across the country, 
Um, with a percussionist, she can play a small, intimate room like she was saying, or she can, you know, they can make a little more noise and play a bigger room and they can, you know, bring along or pick up, pick up musicians along the way. It's a really smart and kind of efficient way to travel and do music. And they're touring quite a bit. So she's finishing up her, her California run as I'm finishing this particular episode of Songs and Stories. But she'll be back home in Nashville and probably touring again very soon. You can find her at ReneeWall.com, R-E-N-E-E-W-A-H-L.com. So thank you again to Renee and David for spending some time with me and you to talk about what they do. Really, really cool stuff that she does. And I'm a, real, I'm a new fan. So good stuff. Uh, coming up next on Songs and Stories, I'm going to throw in an, an extra one because I haven't done these. I've kind of gotten off track of my once a month cadence. So I'm going to do an extra one following this probably the following week. Me and my new best friends were on K-Pig Radio on their Please Stand By show a couple of weeks back to promote one of our upcoming concerts that we just finished. But it was a nice interview with Eric Parsons on K-Pig. And usually I'm behind the other side of the mic. So actually to, to play on K-Pig and talk about the music that I do with my new best friends, my band is kind of fun. So we're going to have that as the next episode. I'll replay that up here with a few, a couple of songs, a Rodney Crowell cover, and um, a little preview of our brand new Christmas song called No More Tequila for Santa. So that'll be coming up in the next episode. And then in December, I've got this lined up. Our very good friends, Carolyn Sills and the Carolyn Sills Combo, will be our special guests. They have a brand new release that just it just dropped, actually. They did, a, they did a big Kickstarter campaign. That was successful. It's getting lots of airplay. It's called Return to El Paso, and it's being um, released on the anniversary of Marty Robbins' epic Western tune, El Paso. And the concept behind this Return to El Paso project from Carolyn Sills is that they wrote five songs about five other characters to kind of set up the story of Marty Robbins' song, El Paso. It's really clever and very, very cool. Um, kind of a big project for them. There's videos and there's all kinds of additional supporting material for this project. So you can find that at carolynsills.com. And we'll be talking to her and her husband, Gerard, her guitar player as, as well, in December. So that's all of that. If you want to find out more about the podcast or what I do, I'm at michaelgather.com, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-A-I-T-H-E-R.com. And again, whether you heard this episode on uh, KC Cafe Radio, my website, Stitcher, iTunes, or Spotify, or somewhere else on the interwebs, thank you for taking the time to learn about Renee Wall and uh, check out her music, ReneeWall.com, and and uh, buy her CD so she can keep doing this. She's a great songwriter, and I'm glad we got a chance to get to know her a little bit. Uh, I'm Michael Gaither for Songs and Stories. We'll talk to you next time. Take care.